Welcome to Church of the Palms. My name is Penny Matthews, and I serve as a shepherding deacon and as of Tuesday, a tutor uh, at, in our congregation. This is the day the Lord has made. Let us bow our heads as we prepare for worship. God of all creation, we address you this morning as Father, for by you we live and move and have our being. We address you this morning as Son, for by you we are pardoned, set free from the burden of guilt. We address you this morning as Holy Spirit, for by you we are empowered for service and filled with joy. Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Ghost, as it was in the beginning, is now, and ever shall be, world without end. Amen. Amen. Now as we worship together, may our hearts receive his Holy Spirit, our ears listen to his word, and our voices be raised in praise to the glory of God.
Please stand for our call to worship. On this, the Lord's day, we are invited back to the garden. May we find welcome in this sacred space. We were placed in the garden and given breath by the same one who made earth and sky. Let us open our eyes and ears to what the creator of all things will say to us this morning. Let us worship God. We are the people of God, but scripture reminds us that we still sin. We need to confess our failures knowing that the Lord Jesus intercedes for us with the Father who freely forgives us. He forgives us through his infinite goodness and mercy, so let us draw near to God with sincerity and with confidence, and let us pray together the words of confession. 
Gracious God, if we have sinned against others, failing to appreciate their sacrifices and not giving them the honor they deserve, Father in heaven, forgive us. If we have been disobedient to you and disrespectful or critical of others, <clears throat> Father in heaven, forgive us. If we have failed to have compassion for those in need and thereby close our ears <clears throat> to your teaching and dishonored your holy name, Father in heaven, forgive us. If we have forgotten to express our thanks for your abundant provision <clears throat> and have neglected to say, I love you, and show our care for those who are near to us, Father in heaven, forgive us. These things we ask in the name of Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen. Almighty God, who has promised forgiveness of sins to all who turn to him in faith, does pardon you and sets us free from our sins, strengthens us to do his will and keep us in eternal life. This is through Jesus Christ, our Lord. So friends, believe the good news of the gospel. In Jesus Christ, we are forgiven. <clears throat> Sunday, let us return to those great words of confession in the Apostles' Creed and say them together. I believe in God the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, and in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Ghost, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, dead, and buried. He descended into hell. The third day he rose again from the dead. He ascended into heaven and sitteth at the right hand of God the Father Almighty. From thence he shall come to judge the wicked and the dead. I believe in the Holy Ghost, the Holy Catholic Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen. And now let's take a moment to uh, circulate and greet one another. <laughs>
Good morning. Great to see you here in worship this morning. If you are seated on the aisle side of the pew, if you would take that red friendship pad that's there and sign your name to it so we can have record of your presence here today and then pass it on down the pew. As the pad comes by, please take note of the names of the folks who are seated nearby you and then after the service, weather permitting, out under the fellowship tree in the courtyard, let's uh, continue the conversation uh, as we meet and mingle there. I encourage you to uh, read through the announcements that we are now mostly placing in our monthly Connect magazine. I hope you've picked up your copy. If you haven't, you can pick one up today. You can check the, the website, or there are a few announcements in the back of the order of service this morning. I just want to highlight a few as we are beginning this ministry year and and kicking things off today. Our small groups and a number of classes are beginning this morning, and you will see that there is an insert in your order of service that, that gives you the details on what the classes are about and also where they are located. In case you misplace the insert, there are signs placed around the sanctuary and in the courtyard. Would very much encourage you to be a part of one of the small groups, one of the classes that's going on on Sunday morning or on Wednesday evenings. Also for children and students, there are uh, indications of where those groups will be meeting. We will all be studying the same uh, biblical text throughout this coming year beginning this Sunday. One small correction, the high school meets in its usual place in room 208, not in room 211. And, and a class that is also going on today, as happens every second Sunday uh, of, of the month, is our new member class will be meeting following this service at 1015 in the chapel. That's the building out the, uh, out the organ door and then over to the left. If you're interested in learning more about Church of the Palms and what it means to make a membership commitment here, I would invite you to participate in that new member class today. Looking ahead into the coming week, there are opportunities not only for learning, but also to uh, serve the Lord by serving in our community. Our tutoring ministry, Back to Basics Tutoring, begins once again this Tuesday afternoon, every Tuesday and Thursday. Over in the Campus Center, we have tutors and students gathering beginning at uh, 2.30 in the afternoon and meeting into the evening. Uh, Judy Armitage would love to involve you in that important ministry, that important way we reach out and help students to use all of their God-given gifts. Still time to become a tutor. Also looking ahead to next Sunday, we'll have the opportunity to give the gift of life. Suncoast Communities Blood Bank will be here in our parking lot and you can um, donate uh, blood from 9.30 until 12.30. There's a new ministry that is beginning. It is called Koinonia for Singles. It will begin a week from tomorrow. That's Monday, September 21st, 6 o'clock in the Campus Center. Dinner, movie, and then discussion following the movie. You can uh, see uh, Carolyn Wilson or Pastor Mingy Brown for more information. Also, in just a few weeks, we'll have our annual World Communion Sunday. You may want to be involved in that by 
donning the apparel of your native land, the land of your, your heritage, or uh, a favorite country in, that you are connected with across the globe. It's a sort of a, a procession we do each year, so it's time to begin thinking about getting involved in that. And speaking of events coming up, I'd like to uh, introduce Fred Hunt, who has the very interesting opportunity to present a women's ministry event. So let's hear how Fred's going to do that. Good morning. I am Fred Hunt, and I'm here to tell you about a wonderful opportunity for the women of our church and of the community. And it does probably seem strange that a man would be the one telling the women about a women's event. And in truth, Jan, my wife, would be here if she and Maxine Perry were not in Honduras. I'm actually very happy to talk to you on her behalf about the Beth Moore simulcast. Beth Moore describes the mission of her ministry as to lead women everywhere into a richer, more fulfilling relationship with the Father through biblical literacy, guiding believers to love and live God's word. Let's take a moment to hear from Beth Moore, and then I would like to have a word with the men. Father, we say to you today that you are faithful. You've been faithful yesterday. You've been faithful today, and you will be faithful to us again tomorrow. We want one person to get attention here, one person to get our focus one name, and that is the great and mighty saving name of Jesus Christ. He can change the way you think, which will change the way you feel, which will change the way you act, and which will change the way you live. No matter how things look right now, my God has not taken his eyes off of me or my family, and my God is surely going to come through. God is glad to see you home. You have not gone so far. He does not want you back. We may not be where we're going, but we are not where we used to be. To the women, I would just say what I expect Jan would say if she were here. I am not where I want to be, but I'm not where I was. And on September 26th, I will be in the fellowship hall to continue my journey. One more thought for you ladies. This is a great opportunity to bring others into the discussion. Come as a group. Bring your girlfriends or your sister or your teenage daughter, even your neighbor. Beth Moore is all about women of all ages, Christians of all denominations, and everyone from new Christians to those with a very well-developed faith. Now, as for the men, here's what I would suggest. Encourage all the women in your life, wife, daughter, mother, aunt, whomever, to come. Give them a day off from whatever Saturday looks like at your house. If, you're, if they're with you right now, after the service, go out under the tree and sign them up and pay for their lunch. On Saturday evening, you should expect those women to be a bit more audacious for the Lord. The day is free. The lunch costs $10. You can see Peg Hoffman under the tree to sign up or go online at the church website. Lori Haas has planned a day-long program for the children. So moms who need daycare should sign up for that as well. Thank you.
Join together in prayer with me, would you? Our Heavenly Father, we gather in your name this morning to bring you our prayers and petitions, to sing your praises and to hear your word. We have confessed our sins and accepted by faith your promised forgiveness and absolution. We rejoice that you continue your graceful initiative with us in the work of your Holy Spirit. We do invite him to come into our midst right now and do all that he desires to do in each one of us. Help us in the growth of our faith. Increase our own appreciation of who you are, how you love all of us, not just us or even those like us. Impress us that you can love those who are very different from ourselves, and we can too those whose skin is a different color, those whose culture and values are different from ours, those whose religious convictions may be a little bit different, and those whose economic levels are far below or far above ours. Because you love everyone, we ask you to help us do the same. In the spirit of your grace, Lord, we bring to uh, you those who are sick, who are troubled, who are grieving, who are in distress. Many have burdens and spiritual battles that they are fighting. And we pray for the many hurts, some known only to you. Listen to each of our hearts as we silently share our most private and personal needs. This morning, touch our lives with your strong and your powerful hand. Grant us all that we need to overcome and stand in the victory that we have in Jesus. We pray for our nation and our leaders that they would follow after justice and righteousness and exercise the best of your wisdom as our country deals with those who wish to destroy us. We pray for your church that in the goals and objectives on which she focuses, she will not lose focus on the proclamation of your gospel and the calling to follow you. Grant our leaders your wisdom and discernment and strength for the day and faith in troubled times. Make us more sensitive to you and to one another. We pray you'll bring us to both humility and boldness. Give us the courage to be merciful, the endurance to be faithful to others, just as you are with us. Show us the log in our own eye when we find a speck in theirs. Make us more ready to forgive than to judge and help us to view the actions of others whenever possible in the most favorable light. Help us to see ourselves, your provision for us, and your everlasting love for us through your caring eyes and sensitive heart. Help all of us to grow into the grace and knowledge of Jesus, doing what he wills. Now we pray that you will prepare our minds, our wills, and our emotions, as well as our spirits, as we begin to look ahead at what we have been promised because we have disappointed you early in the history of man. Look clearly into our hearts as we received all that you have to give this morning and may our lips and our lives glorify you through Jesus Christ our Lord in the name of the one who taught us to pray. Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. 
Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. And now we'll ask our ushers to come forward and to lead us in the giving of our tithes and offerings. Well satisfied with Jesus, satisfied with Jesus, said he would be my comfort, said he would be my guide. Well, well, I looked at my hands and they looked new. I looked at my feet and they did too. Ever since that wonderful day, my soul's been satisfied. I'm satisfied, satisfied with Jesus. I'm satisfied with Jesus. Say it would be my comfort. Say it would be my God. Well, well, I looked at my hands and they looked new. I looked at my feet and they did too. Ever since that wonderful day, my soul's been satisfied. Though the Lord, he works in mysterious ways, his wonders to perform. Tell it, brother. You know, he plants his feet on every step, and he rides on every storm. Well, he fixed my feet for running boys, and my eyes he opened up wide. He fixed my tongue so I can say, praise God, I'm satisfied. I'm satisfied. Satisfied with Jesus. Satisfied with Jesus. Said he would be my comfort. Said he would be my comfort. Well, I looked at my hands, and they looked new. I looked at my feet, and they did too. Ever since that wonderful day, my soul's been satisfied. Well, it was way down yonder in the valley, boys. I was wandering all alone. And it was there I met my Jesus. Well, claim me for his own. Then he put his arm all around me there. And he drew me up to his side. Oh, yes, I'm satisfied. Satisfied with Jesus, satisfied with Jesus. Say it would be my comfort, say it would be my comfort. Well, I looked at my hands and they looked new. I looked at my feet and they did too. Ever since that wonderful day, my soul been satisfied. I'm satisfied with Jesus, I'm satisfied with Jesus. Say it would be my comfort. Well, I looked at my hands and they looked new. I looked at my feet and they did too. Ever since that wonderful day, my soul's been
Let us pray. Thank you for your bounty, Lord, to us, and teach us as we give to others that your bounty can overflow with blessings for many, many beyond ourselves. And we ask that you'll use us to be instruments in spreading that goodness and that blessing. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. And you may be seated. And now we're gonna ask the children to come forward and uh, Lori's gonna lead us. <clears throat> Indeed, I will. Thank you, Pastor Allen. So this is a great day in this, the life of our church because today we are starting our trip through the Bible. We're starting at the very, very beginning and it's really important that we prepare for this trip through the Bible. So in order for me to prepare, I did something that a wise old pastor once told me. He said, if you're a Christian and you read through the Bible, you should always do it through the lens of Jesus. You should always look at it through Jesus's eyes. So here's why. It's like you would have a story and then you look it through Jesus' glasses, and you see love and grace all through that story. So let me give you an example. Let's say you're a little bit hungry. You ready for a snack up in kids' worship? And you have your choice. You can have cornflakes, or you can have frosted flakes. Who would like cornflakes? All right. <laughs> Who would like frosted flakes? Absolutely, because they are coated with delicious goodness. So it's kind of like the Bible story, right? They're the same basic story. They're made out of corn. The story's the same. This is the one without Jesus. This is the one that's coated in love and kindness and goodness. That is true. All right. So we're starting today in the first book of the Bible. Does anyone know what it is? Anyone at all? The very first book of the Bible. It rhymes with menaces. <laughs> Genesis. Sam, I knew you knew that anyway. Okay, so we're starting in Genesis with the creation story, which is so great because God created the whole world, the sky, the water, plants, animals, of course, us. Here's your part. Still eating my yummy, delicious. Mm. Imagine you're on a picnic outside. Close your eyes and think about what is your favorite thing that God created. If it's me, I think of mountains. Does anyone have one they want to share? One of your favorite things out on your picnic that God created? Animals. Animals. Want anything in specific? Dogs. Dogs. Yes, Sam, what else? Me. Me. Oh, absolutely. I just love that God created all of you. It's so great. Maddie. How God created rainbows. Rainbows, that's a great one. I love the rainbows that God created. Anyone else see anything out on their picnic? Ben or Gabe? Ben, thank you, Ben. Food, food, that's a great one. That is awesome. Here's what you do. Oh, Sydney, last one. Sorry, I gotta get up here to my friend Sydney, right under the table. Cat clouds. Clouds, yes, and when you look at the clouds, they can look like other shapes that God has made and created. So here's what you do. We are going to prepare the way of the Lord. So here's how you prepare this week. You go home, you read your Bible, you thank God 
for all of the awesome things that he created. And here's where the Jesus glasses come in. You do something to care for it. Will you pray with me? Gracious God, we thank you. We thank you for all the amazing creations. Help us to read our Bibles, to go out into the world, to approach people and see them through your eyes so that we treat them with love and kindness. Amen.
Please be seated. Well, as you heard from Miss Lori, we are beginning a new sermon series today. It will take us from now until this coming May. We'll be working our way through some of the great themes of Scripture through the lens of prepare the way of the Lord. And so we begin this morning in the very first book in the Bible, the book of Genesis. We'll be reading chapter 2, starting halfway through verse 4 and ending at verse 25. I would invite you to follow along with me in your Bible or one of the pew Bibles on the rack in front of you. But before we read God's Word, let us turn to the Lord in prayer. Gracious God, we believe your Word is a lamp unto our feet. It's a light unto our path. And so as we open the pages of Scripture this day by the presence and power of your Holy Spirit in this place, shine forth your truth from the pages of Scripture so that we may not only hear, but understand and be transformed by your word to us today. These things we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Genesis 2, beginning halfway through the fourth verse. In the day that the Lord God made the earth and the heavens, when no plant of the field was yet in the earth, and no herb of the field had yet sprung up, for the Lord God had not caused it to rain upon the earth, and there was no one to till the ground. But a stream would rise from the earth and water the whole face of the ground. Then the Lord God formed man from the dust of the ground and breathed into his nostrils the breath of life. And the man became a living being. And the Lord God planted a garden in Eden in the east. And there he put the man whom he had formed. Out of the ground the Lord God made to grow every tree that is pleasant to the sight and good for food. The tree of life also in the midst of the garden. And the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. Skipping to verse 15. The Lord God took the man and put him in the garden of Eden to till it and keep it. And the Lord God commanded the man, you may freely eat of every tree of the garden, but of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil you shall not eat. For in the day that you eat of it you shall die. Then the Lord God said, it is not good that the man should be alone. I will make him a helper as his partner. So out of the ground the Lord God formed every animal of the field and every bird of the air and brought them to the man to see what he would call them. And whatever the man called every living creature, that was its name. The man gave names to all cattle and to the birds of the air and to every animal of the field. But for the man there was not found a helper as his partner. So the Lord God caused a deep sleep to fall upon the man and he slept. Then he took one of his ribs and closed up its place with flesh. And the rib that the Lord God had taken from the man, he made into a woman and brought her to the man. Then the man said, This at last is bone of my bones, flesh of my flesh. This one shall be called woman. For out of man this one was taken. Therefore a man leaves his father and mother and clings to his wife, and they become one flesh. And the man and his wife were both naked and were not ashamed. Friends, this is the word of the Lord. 
So the way you begin a story is, is important, don't you think? Yeah, so I'm going to read you a few words, and what I want you to do is see what comes to your mind. Okay? So here's the beginning of a story. It was the best of times. It was the worst of times. It was the age of wisdom. It was the age of foolishness. It was the epoch of belief. It was the epoch of incredulity. It was the season of light. It was the season of darkness. It was the spring of hope. It was the winter of despair. What are you thinking? Charles Dickens, A Tale of Two Cities. Right, right. So, he starts with that first sentence, a good start to the story, don't you think? All right, so how about these words? I'm, I'm, I'm going to give you a hint. Think Pastor Steve, only two more weeks till he comes back. So uh, listen to this first sentence from a story and see what you think. There was a boy called Eustace Clarence Scrub, and he almost deserved it. What are you thinking? You're thinking what C.S. Lewis, right? Yeah, with Pastor Steve, C.S. Lewis. How about, but which of C.S. Lewis's books? Eustace is in his Voyage of the Dawn Shredder. He, he features largely in that. Okay, one more. One more beginning sentence, a good way to begin a story. I love, I love this sentence. Ships at a distance have every man's wish on board. Isn't that a great way to begin a story? You know who wrote that? That was uh, Zora Neale Hurston. Their eyes were watching God. And if the, that first sentence is important to begin a fictional story then how much more important is the beginning of the greatest true story ever told? I'm talking, of course, about God's word to us in the scripture and the way it begins in the first book of Genesis. Now, that's where we're starting today as we begin this sermon series, but you probably noticed we didn't begin at the very beginning of the book of Genesis, did we? If we had, it might have been even more familiar. Genesis 1, 1, in the beginning when God created the heavens and the earth, the earth was formless and void, and the darkness covered the face of the deep, but a wind from God, the breath of God, blew across the face of the waters. And then, you know, the first chapter of Genesis goes through, and it uh, chronicles those six days of creation, how God formed the light and the darkness, the land and the sea, and made the land sprout forth in abundant vegetation, and then placed the, the sea creatures in the sea and the land animals on the land, and then finally God created humankind in God's own image. And God looked around at all that he had created and what? It was very good. And on the seventh day, God rested. So we pick up the story this morning in the second chapter 
of Genesis. And you will find some biblical uh, commentators who will present to you that the second chapter of Genesis is a second creation account. I, I think it is preferable to conceive of this second chapter instead as a retelling of the one creation account focusing on humankind and God's intent for us. The second chapter of Genesis describes for us the way we were. How God intended it to be for us in the beginning. Because we, we learn that God fashioned our kind out of the dust of the ground and he blew into our nostrils the breath of life and made a living being. And he planted that garden, that place of abundance and plenty. And he tasked that man with tending to the garden. And God created that man for companionship and brought all of the animals that the Lord God made to the man for him to name them, for him to take care of them. But God knew that the, that the man needed something more. Not only the animals, the man needed a, a partner, a mate. And so God created woman. That's the way we were in the beginning. Woman and man together in community, responding to God's call in our life in the vocation of caring for this beautiful garden, enjoying the abundance and provision of the Lord, Im imbued with tremendous freedoms, acknowledging that God also established a limit to that freedom. There was one tree, only one tree in the garden that the Lord said we were not to eat of the fruit from that tree. But overall, this account of creation, this place of humankind in God's plan is one of abundance and plenty and freedom and community and relationships. That's the way we were in the beginning. But this week, as you uh, follow along in the readings that are in the order of service, you'll see when you get to Genesis chapter 3, that we were not able to live within the limits that God had set for us. No, instead we rebelled against God. We broke our communion with our Creator we damaged our relationships with one another. And we marred the beauty of God's good creation. You know, a few weeks ago in our uh, leadership team staff meeting, we were discussing this upcoming theme for the ministry year, Prepare the Way of the Lord. And Lori Haas, who just uh, spoke with the children, she she uh, shared a video with, with us about that I thought did a, a really good job of, of talking about the way we were, the way we are now, and the way we will be. And so 
I wanted to share that with you this morning as kind of a, an overview as we begin this sermon series with keeping the end in mind of where God desires to take us. So let's watch this video together. So in the Bible, the ideas of heaven and earth are ways of talking about God's space and our space. So I understand our space really well. We live here, there's trees, rivers, mountains. But my understanding of God's space gets a little fuzzy. And what we do get in the Bible are images trying to help us grasp God's space, which is basically inconceivable to us. So these are two very different types of spaces. Yes, they're, they're different in their nature, but here's what's really interesting is that in the Bible, these are not always separate spaces. So think of heaven and earth as like different dimensions that can overlap in the same exact space. So we talk a lot about going to heaven after we die, but this idea of heaven and earth overlapping, we don't talk a lot about that. Which is kind of crazy because the union of heaven and earth is what the story of the Bible is all about. How they were once fully united and then driven apart and about how God is bringing them back together once again. So let's go back to the beginning where heaven and earth, they're completely overlapping. Yeah, this is what uh, the Bible's description of the Garden of Eden is all about. It's a place where God and humanity dwelt together perfectly, no separation, and, and humans then partner with God in building a flourishing, beautiful world and so on. But as humans, we wanted to do things a different way. We wanted God out and we wanted to create a world apart from him. Yeah, so we have these two spaces now. And the Bible actually uses lots of different kinds of words and phrases to refer to these two spaces to make a, a clear distinction. So you've said that these spaces can overlap, though. So explain how that works. Yeah, this is where we have to start talking about temples. Because in the biblical world, you experience God's presence by going to a temple. That's where heaven and earth uh, overlap. Now, there are two types of temples described in the Bible. One is a tabernacle, basically a tent that was built by Moses. And the other was this massive building made by Solomon. And these temples were decorated with fruit trees and flowers and images of angels and all kinds of gold and jewels and so on. And these are designed to make you feel like you're going back to the garden. And at the center of the temple was a place called the Holy of Holies, which was like the hot spot of God's presence. Now we can go and be with God again. But not so fast, because the temple also creates a problem. So God's space is full of his presence and goodness and justice and beauty, but human space is full of sin and injustice and the ugliness that results. So how do these spaces overlap if they're so different and they're in conflict with each other? This was resolved through animal sacrifice. Yeah, that's kind of weird. What do animal sacrifices have to do with this? Yeah, the, the idea is this. Animal sacrifices, somehow they absorb the sin when the animal dies in your place. And it creates a clean space, so to speak, where you are now free to enter into the temple and be in God's presence. Okay, so if I'm an Israelite and I live in Jerusalem, I might be able to be in God's presence. But you said the story of the Bible is all of heaven and earth reuniting. Right. So we have to keep going in the story where we come to Jesus in the New Testament. And in the Gospel of John, we hear this claim that God became human in Jesus and made his dwelling among us. Now, this word dwelling is really curious. It, literally, it means he set up a tabernacle 
among us. And so what John is claiming right here is that Jesus is a temple. He is now the place where heaven and earth overlap. What's interesting about Jesus is that he isn't staying in this safe, clean space. He's running around hanging out with sinners. He's healing people of their sicknesses and forgiving people of their sins. He's basically creating little pockets of heaven where people can be in God's presence, but he's doing it out there in the middle of the world of sin and death. And he keeps telling everyone that the kingdom of heaven is at hand. And he even told his followers to pray regularly that God's kingdom come and that his will be done here on earth just as it is in heaven. But a lot of people are threatened by Jesus and they kill him, which seems to spoil this whole plan to reunite heaven and earth. But we, we have to go back to a scene earlier on in Jesus' story where John the Baptist saw Jesus and said, Behold, this is the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. So Jesus isn't just talked about as being a temple. He's also talked about as being the temple sacrifice. Yeah, so, so the cross is now the place where Jesus absorbs sin to create a clean space that is not limited like animal sacrifices. Jesus' sacrifice has the power to keep spreading and spreading and reuniting more and more of heaven and earth. And this is all really great, but it leaves one big question in my mind, which is, what happens when I die? Don't I just fly over to God's space to be with Jesus. Yeah, so a few times in the New Testament we learn that Christians will be with Jesus in heaven after they die, but that is not the focus of the Bible's story. The focus is on how heaven and earth are being reunited through Jesus and will be completely brought together one day when he returns. So in the book of Revelation we get this beautiful image of the Garden of Eden, now in the form of a city, coming to end the age of sin and death by redeeming all of human history in a renewed creation. And God's space and human space completely overlap once again. So the, the, the video, it begins right where we are today. The way we were in the beginning, in the, in the garden what God intended originally. And then it takes us to the way we are with sin and evil and death. And, and over the course of this year, we'll be spending uh, most of our time looking at Scripture passages that deal with the way we are since our communion with our Creator was broken. And looking at, at how Jesus came to earth and his work to bring heaven and earth together as we saw dealing with the way we are now. But, but also, I think it's important even as we begin to keep the end in mind, the way we will be, which was discussed in what we just saw. The way we will be. Now, spoiler alert. If you are the, the kind of person who likes to be surprised when you come to the end of the Bible story, then close your ears right now because I've got a revelation. You ready? God wins. That's right. In the end, God wins. 
wins. The power of sin and evil and death is no match for the power of the Creator who through the death, resurrection, and second coming of Jesus desires to restore us in our relationship with Him. The way we will be comes together with the way we were in the beginning, in God's original plan, where we are in communion with our Heavenly Father, with our Creator who loves us, where we're in community with one another, where we have good and meaningful work and worship to do, and it's captured in the book of the Revelation of John. And I just want to share a few verses from you from the, the Revelation chapter 21. And, and the image here, instead of the image of the garden that we, that we hear in the creation accounts in Genesis, it's that image of the new Jerusalem coming down out of heaven. Listen to the way um, John writes about it. Then I saw a new heaven and a new earth, for the first heaven and the first earth had passed away and the sea was no more. And I saw the holy city, the new Jerusalem, coming down out of heaven from God, prepared as a bride adorned for her husband. And I heard a loud voice from the throne saying, See, the home of God is among mortals. He will dwell with them as their God. They will be his peoples, and God himself will be with them. He will wipe every tear from their eyes. Death will be no more. Mourning and crying and pain will be no more, for the first things have passed away. And the one who is seated on the throne said, See, I am making all things new. Also he said, Write this, for these words are trustworthy and true. Then he said to me, It is done. I am the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the end. To the thirsty I will give water as a gift from the spring of the water of life. Those who conquer will inherit these things and I will be their God and they will be my children. Friends, that's the way it will be. As it was in the beginning, is now and ever shall be. God created us for community, for relationship with God's self. God created us to be connected with one another. God created us with a purpose in our living and all of that will be restored. That's the way it will be. And so as we begin this morning looking at the way it was, let us do so with the way it will be in mind because what our theme is throughout this year is to get ready. Prepare the way of the Lord. And so I encourage you in these coming weeks and months to be here in worship every week. And if you can't be here in worship, if you get sick or if you're out of town, follow the service on the online archive. Don't just stop there. Take the, the worship guide home. It's got the scripture readings for the week. Build personal worship into your pattern throughout the week so that you are in the scriptures. And take part in a small group or in a class. Discuss with brothers and sisters in Christ what God is saying as we prepare the way for the second coming of Christ. Have conversations at home. Because friends, this year, we're about preparing 
the way of the Lord. Amen. And now as this service ends and when you go from this place, go with God's blessing. And now unto him who is able to keep you from falling, who is able to make you stand in the glory of his presence with rejoicing, to the only God, our Savior, through Jesus Christ the Son, to him be all glory and power, honor and dominion, now and forever. Amen. Amen.